Hello and welcome to The Pig Edge, Chagas Pig podcast with me, Kieran Carl, bringing you all the latest news, information and advice to keep Irish pig farmers up to date. And for this episode, we're looking at the tillage sector and its interaction with the pig sector. And I'm joined by Michael Hennessy, Head of Crops at Chagas Oak Park. And I first asked Michael, how has the tillage sector been performing over the past few years? Well, Kieran, it's been a difficult few years. Uh, when we look back, maybe over the last three years, uh, we can all remember the, the, the drought of 2018. Very difficult for farmers. And depending on the farmer's crop mix, some farmers get on quite poorly, especially if you had, say, spring barley and beans. Um, they would draw quite poor yields of those. But where you had, a, I suppose, a better mix of winter cereals and spring cereals, it wasn't so bad. But it was more than made up for by the fact that prices were, were up and also the fact that um, straw prices were up enormously. So actually, farmers did okay out of it in, in the main in terms of their, their overall income was up Um now in 2019, probably described as a relatively average year, year with reasonably good yields, okay kind of prices. So that was a bit of an average, if you like. And 2020, then um, we had the the, the poor start in 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 uh, in the autumn of 19. There was less winter crops out there. Um, we then had that earlier drought um, in um, 2020 uh, in May and June which, you know, affect a lot of crops quite badly. So yields are back uh, enormously kind of from, from where they would have been. So look, it's been very much up and down. Um, and I suppose for, for tillage farmers this year, um, prices are only average and straw volume, volumes are back a lot. So things are um, not looking great for a lot of guys, to be honest. Okay. And in terms of this year's harvest, uh, can you give us, uh, you know, some update on that with reference to maybe the yields that, you know, for pro- our crops that would be used by the pig sector, you know, barley and wheat and so on? Yeah. So, look, I suppose if you look at the, 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 the cereal harvest, if you like, the barley, wheat, oats, um, the total volumes of that in comparison to a normal year. So we're down to about half a million tonnes of domestic production. So, I mean, part of that factor is to switch from um, winter to spring, right? more a case of being forced to rather than a voluntary switch. So you had a big um, you know, winter barley acreage um, fell by probably 40%, whereas spring barley acreage went from about a little under 100,000 to nearly 140,000 hectares. So you had a big switch. Um, so that has had a big uh, influence in the total volumes. But... When you're to look across all of the very, all of the wheats, barley's, and oats, um, pretty much any of the of those individual crops, whether they're winter or spring, the there was a kind of a general reduction of yield. We think of give or take about a ton per hectare or 0.4 of a ton per acre. So it's quite substantial. So um, I suppose then when we look at the quality of pig, which pig men would be very interested in, the quality was exceptional starting out. Um, Amazingly, um, crops were thin, but uh, the moisture came back into them up towards harvest. They filled extremely well. There was plenty of sunshine and uh, crops were, you know, did good, um, uh, well-filled grain. That did reduce somewhat towards the very end of the harvest, um, given the fact that we delayed a little bit. But in general, you know, when it's all said and done, mixed up and, and, and dried down quality has been pretty good. Good, good to hear that. Uh, and what's this going to do now then for, for grain prices in Ireland? You know, how do we see it affecting the, the farmers milling their own feed or the feed compounders? Yeah, well, I, I suppose the guy who's milling his own thing is probably going to, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of grain out there to be got, whether it's in the, the, the general farmers that get them off of who, who are drying the grain for them or, or in the merchants. I mean, there's plenty of grain out there per se. Um, so the availability of it is certainly going to be there and the availability of good quality stuff is going to be there. Um, look, the grain price here is probably doesn't really matter a huge amount, whether we're up or down by a million euros or down by a half a million euros. 
as you know yourself, we're dictated by um, world grain prices. So whatever it can be imported in here, that's generally ours. But I suppose the disturbing part about this, um, Kieran, on that end of it, that, that generally um, rankers to all tillage farmers uh, would be the fact that uh, it's often the case that Irish grain is discounted in comparison to imported grain, which doesn't necessarily um, make any sort of sense at all when the quality is actually pretty much the same. But look, in terms of prices at the moment, um, we're looking at kind of, I, I suppose, the 20% the, the, the moisture price of barley in around 145 plus the five bonus, or let's just say 150, and wheat about 170, uh, something comparable, you know. So it's um, it's a little bit ahead of last year, but not a whole lot. Um, and um, your listeners might know that prices have rallied a bit over the last kind of, you know, since harvest uh, in the last kind of three weeks, maybe, um, come off the heights there over the last maybe week or so. Um, but um, it has hardened a little bit since harvest. And maybe uh, for, for anyone listening to this, um, I actually, on, on the tillage edge, and I'll give this a bit of a plug as well, we spoke to James Nolan of RNH Hall a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we went through this in detail in terms of the markets that are out there, um, what is looking like for the next number of months and um, where it's likely to go to. Okay, so worth having a listen to that the tillage ed podcast. Um, in terms of the, the future of the, the tillage sector, you know what what's that looking like, and are, are there trends occurring that might be of interest to the the pig sector or could have an impact on the pig sector? Yeah, the trends have been. God, it depends how far back we go, but like if you to go all the way back as far as the um, you know late noughties, um, the tillage area has declined and declined and declined. And even over the last ten years, we probably declined over about or the guts of about fifteen percent. Now that's kind of stabilized a little bit um, and I suppose what was really happening was well, probably two factors. One, that um, the smaller growers were probably being shaken out of the system because they weren't um, either, either, either getting um, to a stage where they had no successors um, and they were getting out of the business or they, they, they were just too small to keep going. Uh, however, the other factor involved in it, probably as probably more serious than it really, is that the um, dairy sector has been expanding quite aggressively in the southeast um, and up towards the midlands as well. And a lot of that ground um, has actually come out of tillage areas. So there's been a lot of conversions in that. Um, and I suppose the fact that uh, give or take 40% of tillage land is rented. Um, a lot of that tillage ground that would have been rented is now going into these longer term leases back into the dairy industry. And in fairness, tillage is a low margin business. Dairying is a much higher margin business on a per acre basis. Um, and it's very hard for tillage guys to compete with that. So um, with the result, that has you know put pressure on the total amount of ground that's available out there. So but I suppose from the other side of it, um, the people who are left uh, in the tillage side of it, they are becoming more specialized, more and more, I suppose, as, as the years go by and they're becoming more and more professional. And I suppose the fact that they have to get really good yields, no more than anybody involved in the pig sector, if they're not getting good, good yields, um, uh, they are not going to stay at it and they just can't afford to stay at it. And tillage farmers are no different in, in, in that regard. So... The guys who are left, I suppose, are going to produce really good grain, um, and um, you know, which is all always a, a good, um, uh, a good thing, uh, you know, to, uh, for that uh, to be delivered back into the big sector. Excellent. And uh, just moving on then to other crops, I suppose, apart from the main, the, the barleys and the wheats and so on, are there other crops growing in Ireland that the pig sector could be looking at? Um, there are, I suppose, look, there's, um, apart from wheat and, um, wheat and barley, uh, there are a certain amount of beans grown, uh, which are fava beans. 
Um, the tonnages aren't huge. There's no point in saying they are, and it's it's probably um, still quite small in overall terms. Something maybe between, depending on the year, fifty to seventy thousand tons. So it's relatively small in the overall um, scheme of things. Peas are even less. I mean, they're they're actually quite quite a small crop, and most of it actually goes towards the canning end of it or into uh, specific rations, um, probably into calf rations more so than into pigs. That being said, as, as you might know, there's there's um, interesting trials going on in the UK whereby um, beans are quite suitable for for pig feed because they've, they, I think their their um, constituents as regards the um, uh, the uh, particular constituents I suppose of the grain are suitable for pigs and there's a number of trials over there which have shown that you can in, include reasonable um, amounts into the ration and they tend to do well on them as well as well as as well as other feeds so and i suppose that's kind of something that perhaps um the, the pig industry could look at just in terms of maybe um of which the irish industry is looking for uh, the kennedy all irish ration if you like the other one karen is rye um not something that was grown hugely in ireland for the last um you know probably 30 or 40 years probably for the big reason that it tended to sprout and fall over a bit However, the new hybrid rice that are out there at the moment um, are gaining a bit of, of, of traction at the moment. They seem to be more stable, a bit more robust, um, and they might be able to fill a slot in a tillage rotation where um, barley might do as well. And, and as you know, um, they are particularly, it's, it's, a, it's a good feed for, for pigs. And I think we have some work from, from the Moor Park herd showing that um, pigs do quite well on it. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I think it does does reasonably well on it. So look, there is more opportunities out there. And, and uh, we have a, um, a merchant in the Southeast, um, Collins down there, trying to assemble a tonnage of rye for uh, some pig producers locally. So um, that, that'll be kind of coming to fruition next year. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Good, yeah, and we've some new research I think coming out from Pater Lawler on on rye as well, which we'll be hearing about in future podcasts. Um, in terms of you know the the nutrients required by the tillage tillage crops, uh, pig slurry is obviously a valuable fertilizer. What's the interest in pig slurry from tillage farmers like? Well, I suppose look uh, from a tillage farmer point of view, uh, a lot of tillage ground tends to be in uh, or has been in tillage for for a long space of time now. Um, there's probably less rotations back into grass. We don't have sugar beet, um, so there's less uh, opportunities to build organic matter in lots of these tillage soils. So. Um, tillage farmers then have to look at other ways to get organic manures, and um, obviously pig slurry is one of those. Certainly not the only one, but it is one of those. Um, now, certainly from looking at the pig side of the house, it is uh, very valuable in the sense that it's relatively high in P and relatively high in K. Its only kind of drawback really is, well, two. One is that it's low dry matter material for the most part, and it um, so in other words, it doesn't have a huge amount of uh, P and K in it. Um, and the availability of the nitrogen component, it's high available, which is great in one sense, but not very good of when you can actually get out to spread some of this material onto easily, if you like, onto uh, tillage ground. So realistically, uh, uh, in terms of, the, uh, of you know, after harvest, um, the only crop you could argue that it's really good for is the likes of oilseed rape, because that has a capacity to take up nitrogen um, before the end of the year whereas uh, cereals don't really require it and um, not such a great practice putting on that kind of material at that time of the year because the nitrogen tends to be lost. So it's really best for spring um, to try and get most of it uh, applied then and you get much better um, utilisation of it. And it's something I think 
if we were to look towards um, Denmark and various other different countries in the in, in Europe, they would uh, show us, I suppose, that where we can apply it uh, into a crop or onto a crop, if you like, uh, during the springtime, such as winter crops, that's the way to go if we can. So that's something that I think we should, as a country, be looking at more. Um, uh, and that's, I suppose, assuming we can get over some of the transport problems. Okay. And uh, along with that, then, are, are there any other barriers maybe that, that prevent the use of more pig slurry on tillage farms, you know? Uh, or what can the pig sector do to promote the use of slurry as a fertilizer? Yeah, like I say, I mean, there's two big ones, I think, for us. One is the fact that it's 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 a bulky material. Like, it doesn't travel terribly well or terribly far, maybe, is probably the way to put it. So, um, you know, you're, I don't know what the barrier necessarily is, more than 10 or 12 um, miles away from where it's produced. Um, so that kind of limits limits how far it can go. So, I mean, obviously, there's if, if we can manage to get rid of some of the water out of it, um, it would be great. So looking at... Um, uh, looking at that would be an excellent way of doing it, but perhaps there's other ways of doing it. Transport um, can be done where you have um, decent kind of feeder tanks at the side of fields, mobile feeder tanks, if you like. Um, there's certainly TAMS grants out there at the moment for tillage farmers to build sheds or to build um, tanks, I should say, on their, on their farms. But look, I can't see too many people doing that. It's too expensive. Uh, so we've got to come up with a better way of doing it. Um, and I think there's a bit of cooperation maybe needed between the... Um, uh, being on one side the pig um, uh, the pig farmer uh, on the other side the um, the tillage farmer and maybe in the middle the contractor who might have or might be able to um, purchase this equipment uh, to be able to you know use it over a number of farms over a longer space of time to give a bigger window for the application of slurry okay very good um, and then just recently there there was a the crops 2030 strategy was was produced can you tell us a bit about that and what it entailed for for the tillage sector and what it's about yeah, it's um, so the crops twenty thirty strategy um, is uh, I suppose it's it's just a strategic plan for the tillage industry over the next ten years. It was produced by uh, a group of farmers and industry people um, who are connected to Chagas, as in that they are our tillage stakeholder consultative group. So they took it upon themselves back in two thousand and twelve to to produce something similar. Um, because there's very little mention of tillage in the Department of Ag um, food harvest uh, document. So um, once that was produced, we certainly, the tillage and, uh, industry got, uh, I suppose, more um, inclusion in those documents and we got uh, uh, certainly more um, traction and more recognition that the tillage industry is an important industry there. So this is, if you like, building on that in a big way. And what it tries to do, I suppose, is it tries to, um, I suppose, do a number of things, really outline a number of really important facts about the industry that were probably easy to gloss over, um, given the fact that there uh, be a huge trust of interest in, in whether it's policymakers, environmental or, or production policymakers tend to look at the dairy side of the house and tend to look at the beef side of the house. Um, and maybe no more than yourselves, we were getting very little, um, I, I suppose, credit for, for what we could do on our side of it. So it very much highlighted the the the, the, um, the sustainability credits uh, or credentials of the industry in terms of how low um, a carbon emitter it, it actually is and how efficient or efficiently the industry uses um, nutrients such as um, P and such as phosphate and, and nitrogen. So it tries to do that, but also you know looks at some of the other sustainability bits in terms of the um, for for the for the mainstream stream enterprises. 
and tillage is is just behind dairy in terms of income um, on a per labor unit basis certainly a, a good bit behind in terms of um, on, a, on a per hectare basis but on a per labor unit basis which is the, which is really the important metric um, we're, we're very competitive and way more competitive than the likes of beef um, uh, or sheep or most of the other industries there so we were trying to highlight those um, and, and, and the group I suppose were really came up with little over 50 recommendations um, of where the tillage industry could be developed and contribute to um, the food industry for, for human consumption, for the drinks industry there, of which, as you know, we're, we're, we're big exporters of whiskey. Um, in the feed one, uh, again, such as into yourselves in the pig industry and, and, and uh, the rumen in industry and, and also the bioenergy and, and nutrient recycling. So uh, I suppose the document, the trust of it would, would show that the tillage industry is a big industry, has a huge contribution to make, and, and as the document says, can actually help other industries um, get themselves out of a bind, really, in terms of the environmental side of things. And also, dare I say it, in the um, tricky space that some of them are in, in terms of their uh, sustainability credentials. Okay, yeah. And on that then, like, what opportunities does it highlight in terms of how the tillage and pig sector maybe could work more closely together for the benefit of both? Yeah, so what it does really is it tries to, uh, I suppose, highlight the places where, if you like, this circular economy has probably been bandied around, around quite a bit, but, but, but really there very much is a circular economy um, uh, type scenario for the, for the pig and uh, the tillage industries. And that's to say there's quite a lot of farmers um, involved in this already, and it wouldn't be any great news to some of the pig farmers and tillage farmers out there, but it's something that, that, that can be built upon whereby obviously the tillage farmer can produce grain to um, into the pig industry and direct transport, uh, if you like, straight straight to it, being one of these, uh, I suppose, hyper-local, as they might call them, um, uh, circular economies. And then on the far side, the organic manures coming back the other side. The organic manures, well used, will help to push down the total CO2 balance of the, uh, of the whole system, uh, you know, making everything more efficient from the point of view of nitrogen, phosphate, carbon, um, and also then helping to trap a bit more um, carbon into the uh, tillage soils, uh, making that more resilient. So, I mean, it has benefits and win-wins all around. So I suppose that's the very biggest one that we're looking at. And it's not the same I've mentioned before in terms of trying to, the, the indigenous supply of Irish cereals supporting, I, I suppose, the, 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 um, the brand Ireland image that's there or the, the, um, you know, the image that uh, what we produce comes from Ireland. Um, that that would certainly all help in that direction. Okay, and with regards to the nutrient recycling, just a little bit more on that. You know, what does the stra strategy suggest in terms of any other opportunities to increase the use of pig slurry on tillage farms? Well, I suppose there's for in order for look, it's an expensive process. Um, you and I know that you don't you don't um, cart uh, pig slurry down the road for nothing. It costs it costs a good bit of money, and as I said already, it's one of those kind of things that. Um, it just has a uh, a transport distance of where it's going to go. And it's not going to go much further than that. So we need to try and investigate how we separate some of the waters from it. So we so we transport something that's a bit more um, nutrient dense. Um, but we also then need to do a bit of work in terms of the um, uh, applying organic mater materials to tillage ground and how that affects the biodiversity, how it affects the long-term sustainability, um, and how it can increase the amount of carbon capture all of which uh, would potentially enable more payments to tillage farmers um, and thus making the whole thing a bit easier. And uh, you know, if there's more money in the system, it's easier for everybody to do that kind of thing. 
So look, th- that's that's some of the kind of the biggest ones that's there really, um, but there's certainly more opportunities there. Excellent. That's great. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for joining us today. No problem at all. That's it for the latest episode of The Pig Edge, and my thanks to Michael Hennessy for joining me on the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a show. And for more farming information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Kieran Carl, and thanks for listening. <laughs>